G'day guys, Ben Quagliata from the Beyond the Fence podcast. And before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to quickly share with you a new project I have going on, which is a fantasy Premier League newsletter over on Substack. It's called The Backup Keeper, and it's got all your tips, tricks, guys to avoid, guys to buy at low value, game previews, game of the weeks, all that sort of good stuff for all you EPL and FPL lovers. So head on over to beyondthefence.substack.com to subscribe so it hits your inbox, and let's get into the show. And welcome back to another episode of the Beyond the Fence podcast. And due to popular demand, you know, the punters were up and about last time. We're bringing back the card stonks. And we're bringing back two of our more popular guests from before. Two definitely not nerds. Uh, first of all, yeah, Tim, you're back again. Standard news, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Tim of the internet. Yeah, Just obviously. his part of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, NRL Boom Rookie's finest, Mitch Dole, mate. How are you? Um, good, thanks, Frank. Uh, glad to be back, as you said, by popular demand. And this is also the uh, the most organised podcast I attend. This one has at least a twelve point. This is like a maybe fifteen point run sheet. So yes, and things. yes, and you know, as in standard practice, I don't know what's going on. So um, <laughs> Tim, Tim came to me like a week ago, like, "Oh, do another card songs episode," and I was like, "Ah, oh, has anything really changed?" And he's like, "Yes, a lot." And sends me like an essay on everything that's changed. I'm like, all right, yeah, fair enough. We'll do that. I feel and like as we well that that was before like the main yes news broke as well. That yeah, obviously uh, fanatics, the yeah. sports apparel company, um, yes, have won the license to MLB baseball cards, um, stopping a seventy-year run from tops, uh, and may potentially also fold that into the NBA and NFL licenses. Um, which were obviously trouble for Tops and Panini. Well, it's like it's funny because we were meant to record this on like Thursday night, and then this, and we didn't because I, I forgot I had plans. Um, and then this news drops on Friday morning, so that would have been like that would have aged like milk. So kind of glad we didn't. But yeah, like yeah, you lucked out there. Yeah, <laughs> mate, it's my whole <laughs> it's my whole strategy. Just looking out fanatics. Yeah, winning the license to MLB. Um, yeah, opening comments. Uh, well, obviously, neither of us give a shit about baseball, me or Tim. <laughs> like, I, 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 and no, you've been either. I dip in and out. Like, I am interested in Otani and, and Sergei Otani and Tatis cards, and I buy some of the Project 70 cards over there purely to flip most of them. But uh, it's it's more the, the impact on the wider card community and, and the signal of intent from Fanatics who had had, I think they tried to buy tops at one point. Tim can correct me on that or not if I'm right or wrong. But essentially, that tops are due to go public in a number of weeks to, to, to sell the company. And Fanatics have went and struck a deal with the Players Association and MLB. And the weird thing is the Players Association deal starts in 2023, but the MLB deals doesn't start to 2025 or 2026. So if they don't buy tops, I don't fully understand who has the rights to what. Like, can in 2024, does that mean tops can do MLB cards but can't use the players and Fanatics can use the players but can't use the MLB. <laughs> so so the, the, it'll just be like those old video games with licensing. Yes, it's like, Pro Evolution. <laughs> Pro Evolution yes. Cards, That's it. Rosie <laughs> Star Red, of, we back on a card. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Juventus, it'll be Piered Monte Calcio. Yeah. <laughs> There's already like rights issues with baseball anyway because Panini have 
the rights to like certain baseball cards, but they can't use uh, players, but they can't use the teams. So they have like their own like prison. For, again, I'm speaking off like vaguely no. But yeah, this is a very muddled. But like I said, I think it probably the signal of intent that fanatics are probably going to try to buy tops and then they may, may even try to buy Panini because this is a company that doesn't really have the facilities to essentially make cards. Um, so are they going to spend all that money to from the ground up or are they just going to look to take on a company that already does it? And it, it surprised me as well. Fanatics is like... I think they're worth like 14 or 15 times more than tops. So this isn't a small company. $18 billion company, company now. Yeah. Um, so it is very feasible, and I think they probably will end up. Um, I mean, they've essentially taken tops' key asset away now to come in and buy them, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, whilst baseball is not the top American sport now, and I think everybody in America acknowledges the same thing, that it's not – the top of the pops anymore. It is America's great pass on all that garbage. But I think this is a significant move in the market because the tops relationship is the longest standing. That there's, yeah. I know Panini's synonymous with basketball now and with football, but that's still only the last decade. And there was still a time where I think football was still 2014, tops are still producing cards. And there's upper deck in as well still exists in this somewhere. But, you know, in the 90s, like all three of them were making cards. Yeah. Everyone was making the- cards. Like, like you're saying, like the symbolicness of Topps baseball cards. Like baseball cards essentially kicked off the hobby. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty, like you said, it, the world necessarily doesn't revolve around baseball cards anymore, but it is that sort of symbolic takeover, I guess. And, and given now that there's sort of been the leaks that Fanatics may move on to try and get NFL and NBA licenses as well. Yeah, and the, and the, I guess the the big part of it, as you said, like it does say in the in the agreement, it's like oh they've agreed to have it's a new company or a new stake for the, the whoever makes the cards. But I, I really doubt that, and maybe it's part one of the avenues they could take. I'm not I've not got my business head on. I don't know, I know nothing about fanatics and baseball cards, but it's like I really doubt they've gone into this thinking they're going to actually start a new card company. Like yeah. Like, they can't have... Like, say they do buy the rights for ML, MLB, NFL, and NBA. That's all well and good, but you look at, at you know, Panini. Panini own the exclusive rights, and will still own the exclusive rights, like Ja Morant, signatures and autographs. Same with Luka Donk, uh, Donkic and Zion. They'll, they'll own those still. Upper Deck still own LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Yep. And then Panini and Topps own, you know, Topps Chrome is the baseball card, and it was one one stage the, the you know, the retail version of the Prism card in Panini, but there's Panini Prism brand name, the Topps Chrome, whatever. I don't see a world that, like, fanatics go, we're not going to buy that, we're just going to leave them and do our own things and do, like, I don't know, fanatics Chrome. I don't know. Yeah. So you, you think there'd be something there, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they buy both, but it's definitely, like, you know, put my capitalist hat on. If you want to buy Topps or Panini cheap, you buy the rights they have and then see how much they're worth. Yeah. I think, like I think there is a, a reasonable chance this just ends up being that, like, Tops and Panini technically stick around, that when you buy a box, it says Fanatics on the back. Like, it's yeah. Fanatics-owned Panini Prism, Fanatics-owned Tops Chrome. I think that's probably the most realistic thing from here. I think it's also worth noting that 
Fanatics also like technically have a sort of relationship with Panini. There are a couple of those like exclusive products they do. I think yep. it's in Op- Optic and Prism. Um, so like that's worth noting as well. It's not like they're you know they're certainly friendly with them, I guess. Yeah, and they've and they've hired the, what the CEO of StockX. And if people don't know what that is, that's like a, another American website. That's not just for cards, but it's like a sort like an online marketplace somewhat for collectibles in general. So you can go in there for shoes and similar, whatever. It's, you know, wouldn't call it an eBay competitor, but I guess they could say it's an eBay competitor. Um, they've brought him in as well to, to manage this, but he's got a lot, obviously, with their platform being trading card. It feels like that Fanatics will lean a lot on prior trading card industry. So you'd assume Panini or, or Tops get involved or both of them. Are they, I'm interested in what happens if, like, Upper Decks, I think they're, pro, they're still owned by, like, the family who started them. Mm. So, like... You know, and they still have they have the hockey rights, and they have nothing else, and they still produce these hideous cards. They have the rights <laughs> like Darius Garland, who's mine and Tim's favourite stonker. They have him. They have you know Jordan and LeBron. Obviously, they they produce the ugliest cards now after producing really cool cards in the nineties. Um, interested to see if, if they do the same thing to them, because I guess that if they do that to Upper Deck, there actually is an exciting time that Fanatics. You know, we could finally see. Yeah. You know, LeBron and MJ autograph cards. You know, that could be in the, whatever National Treasures is in like five years, could be a 10k box with a shot at a LeBron and Jordan card. <laughs> I think, yeah, that, that's probably more exciting to be honest, because it, yeah. yeah. No, nah, I'll let Ben know. Nah. I was just gonna say, it's gonna price out all those kids. <laughs> yeah, no, the kids will buy the current National Treasures boxes at 5,000. They're going to be, oh. <laughs> Yeah, the, the guys on the marketplace, oh, my son's just looking for a LeBron National Treasures auto. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. There's, my, there's son, a worry. my son, Tyree. Yeah. There's a worry if they do end up going on the Fanatics brand. I know there's a lot of people scared of change and all that dumb garbage. Like, as Ben's joking there about, you know, all the cards for the kids. I think people whinging at the local card store. And it's like, I know I don't live in America. But from what I know about both those businesses and the ones here, the local card stores are rip-offs. Like, I would never buy my cards from one. Absolutely, they are rip-offs. There's one down the road from me. I've never gone in just because I went on, like, I looked at their website before they opened or as they were opening. Like, A, it's the, I don't really want to go into a place and talk about this stuff with other people. Um, <laughs> and then, and then also, yeah, it's just like, it's marked up, and they've conveniently placed themselves across the road from a Kmart. So, like, you know, they're in there at like six a.m. Yeah, they do the same thing. Stock every day. <laughs> it's like they cost more. They're not only like you know over here the EB Games or Kmart or even Cherry Collectibles over in America, Walmart and Target. They don't. They only cost more than that. They cost more than reselling on eBay. Those stores do. Well, I don't know why people feel sorry for them, but I think the the other concern people would have, and I understand this one, is that if it goes to fanatics, so we. If they're now seeing it as the investment they're making, I think they raised like 300 plus million of capital for whatever move they made this week. And like guys like Jay-Z invested in it. Apparently MLB invested in them and they've given equity back to the MLB Players Association in the deal they've struck. But there's a concern of, yeah, are we going back to the era when cards get overprinted like they were in the 90s? And potentially we are. But I also think we might be going to a spot that I like. I know a lot of people are worried about population counts, overprinting. They have overprinted, like, NFL Select was running to the ground this year. But, like, it's so hard to buy a pack of NBA Prism cards here. And over there, I don't know if we're running into overprinting just yet. Yeah, I think um, 
sort of like touching on that, I think the worry would more be in terms of the hobby hobby stores. Like Fanatics mm. is essentially a big retailer. Like what, how are they going to view? We've already seen Panini sort of shift most of their products into a retail format. Are Fanatics just going to keep? Like I would worry about maybe hobby you're going to hobby stores are going to lose that type of exclusivity. Yeah. Again, though, given the people involved, that's probably not the case. You know, they're bringing in people with industry experience that sort of understand the space. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I don't know what the effect that it have on that. Maybe and maybe the box of cards cost more, but obviously, honestly, over here, like, in America, retail box of a blaster box at retail is still until this off season at Walmart and Target. It was still nineteen ninety five to get a retail box of pretty much any blaster, any product. Uh, just this off season, I don't know if you've seen this, but Walmart put up the cost to twenty seven dollars for a blaster. USD for um they, with Prism draft picks they did that too over there for uh, for NFL but like twenty retail bucks for what a blaster box is over there and what we pay here we pay like if you convert that through retail rates you know it was conversion rates pretty strong in Australia it's like twenty seven twenty eight Aussie dollars at the moment you know we still pay at our cheap retail and air quotes we still pay for fifty five at EB now maybe sixty five like I know there's people are worried in America Fnatic's going to put that cost up. I yeah. honestly, I'm shocked that they're still twenty dollars. Still, like uh, I looked at it, apparently that's the same price. Like a blaster box of cards cost the same like twelve years ago, and nobody gave a shit. Yeah, twenty bucks is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like, so maybe they did that. Maybe they put that up. And I know fanatics people hate. And like I haven't used them in a long time. Me and Tim before we started that um they're not as good shipping internationally as they used to be. That's for sure. They charge the ST as well. Uh, and they don't give free shipping ever. Like, you can spend 20 grand on their website and you still pay for <laughs> shipping. I hate that policy, so that's, that sucks. But what, right now, because of people fighting in the car park for cards, I've been able to buy cards off Target's website over there. But that won't last forever. I'll go back to in the stores and that state space. I'm actually kind of excited for the Fanatics because it actually might give, like, guys like us over here an opportunity to buy cards. Yeah. It just, it might. Like, that's it. Like, buy cards at, Still cheaper than the rate here, but like we get sent. I have no idea the amount of asshole boxes I get sent to EB games over here, right? But I would not be shocked if, like, considering how fast a 10, lots of 10 of blasters sell on EB games pre order, I wouldn't be shocked if they only got like five to 10 cases of, of blasters. You know? Yeah. Uh, they drop in America like 20,000 box, bo- uh, boxes of Prism like every week for like a month on Target's website. Well, I think you're looking there at the collection of like every every like little town has their target and their yeah. Walmart, and they get their allocation restocked. Whereas obviously EB here doesn't get that luxury. Yeah. So I think that's obviously the the sheer quantity, which is sort of it's hard to imagine given sort of our context. Yeah, but at least it means I might, we might have an opportunity of dipping into that market more if it's on fanatics, yeah. and we might have an opportunity as well, like. You know, again, over here, Kmart, when the prison packs come out at $6, which I raided Kmart and Target, I spent way too much money, but it's been good. <laughs> but, like, they, some of them get, like, they get, like, two retail boxes each, like, 48 packs each, some of them, maybe a bit more. It's, like, that's all they get, as opposed to, you know, the thousands of boxes in America, so. And that's, and, and that's before the employees, like, even get to them in the, the stock room, like, just put a few aside. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly yeah, right. I see all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, certainly some uncertainty over the future, but it's one of those, like, and I know people are worried about their value of their cards and similar, but if you're in the hobby now, I don't think, 
if you have some good cards in the last few years, they're not going to be printing more of those. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be yeah. that worried. That would that would sort of be the thing where if Tops and Tanini do go out of business and Fanatics makes like terrible decisions, those boxes would actually go up. Same with the cards you're holding, regardless of sort of like yeah. quote unquote overprinting issues. Of which I think there there is a a problem with that to an extent. It's more like garbage products mm. and rather than specifically like the sheer amount. Like obviously people compare it a lot to the nineties, like junk wax era, but that's where you had so many companies producing so many lines of stuff. Now it's sort of centralized. It's sort of, there's still less. Um, I th- yeah, I still feel like there's sort of issues with that. But like you said, it is the demand still far out, far exceeds supply, at least given our um, relationship with sort of the, the supply and demand in Australia. Yeah. So I guess we'll move on um, from that. Again, there's a lot of uncertainty there, and exactly. a lot of it is just speculation. Um, yeah. Again, like we don't even know how fanatics are going to sort of market their products. Does that mean that there's going to be sort of a retail section on their website, or is it just going to mean that you know they're going to have the same sort of channels they do now? The one big uh, concern I have, though, if they don't buy fanatics, if they don't buy Panini or Tops, is like the amount of shithouse autographs <laughs> that are getting dumped into products the next two years. If, if they don't yeah. buy Panini, we get, like, sometimes you open those. I have, I open some. I open two Slick Watts. He's an old supersonic player. And one Bucks. Some old Bucks dude, I don't even know who he is. I opened in prison this year. Three of those autos. If 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 Panini have to lose the rights, we're all opening a thousand Slick Watts autos. <laughs> well, at least we'll be... At least we'll be finding order. Like I opened fifty-four packets of Prism for one order. Yeah, I think I got like I I got my first order from Big W. I think you, you saw that. I got like an order every like third pack. Yeah, like, you stole packs, all my orders. Had like six orders. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then didn't hit another. Like, I opened like another forty packs and didn't hit hit one like the last pack I opened. But yeah, it's, um. But yeah, know, well, that'd definitely be a thing. And I think um, <laughs> no shortage of sticker orders. Certainly at Panini. Uh, this year, no. Oh, yeah. That's that's the other thing. So I guess as well. I guess there has been with the growth a bit of like laziness, I'd say, from Tops and Panini. Like Panini last year, they used COVID as an excuse for two years. Yeah. Like they moved some of their premium products, like a product called Origins. If you have, guys haven't seen it before, if you're listening, it's like a seven card hobby box that costs like seven hundred to thousand dollars. And it comes with what, like two on-card autos in it. That's what was used to guarantee. And now I think it's just two autos. But you pay seven grand for these cards that they're designed really clean. Like there's a big clean white space at the bottom for the auto on lots of them. They look hideous with a sticker on them. <laughs> like and court just, kings as well. Yeah, court kings, well, same thing. It's disgusting like that. And that, and then the I understood when coronavirus happened, they did. Uh, Merchant, they put sorry the memorabilia in cards. They didn't put player one stuff in for the rookies. Like you're telling me that you can't like put it through the washing machine and wash out the COVID and get it. In the <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's been sort of the negative reaction to particularly national treasures. Like a, I don't know what it re, uh, quote unquote retails for at hobby, but it's certainly two to three thousand US. So that's about four to five thousand Australian. Yeah. And you're getting ten cards. Uh, is it five or six of which are just 
really shocking yep. uh, game or player or not even associated worn jersey cards, which if we're talking about a junk era of cards, I think we're in like a junk jersey because those cards, are realistically, they're not really worth anything. They're not. Um, I mean, almost opening those boxes and hoping for veterans, which is rare. You're like hoping, I want the you know <laughs> LeBron game worn. You know, that's what you're hoping for. Yes, you don't want yes. you want. <laughs> and then you sort of four or five guaranteed, well, I say five, three or four guaranteed autos in that box, two of which you're really hoping to be a rookie. Yeah. Uh, some of those autos, firstly, this year have been stickers. Secondly, really obscure veterans. Um, yeah. It's like Dino okay. Raja, <laughs> like Bargiani <laughs> autographs, yeah. which is um, just like in a five grand box. Come on. Yeah, so I've just I've just gone on Cherry's website to look up what they're selling uh anti hobby boxes for. They haven't released twenty twenty one yet, I don't think. Oh my but god. Yeah. The the nineteen twenty uh National Treasures basketball hobby box on Cherry is fifteen grand and the year before that is thirty grand. Yeah, twenty 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 one is six grand on Cherry right now. Yeah. Oh there it is, yeah, I just saw it. Yeah. Those two you can understand given the scarcity and also the drive classes like Don the Dokich and Zion Jar chase cards there. But I think this this year's National Treasures 2021 um, is such a departure from what was an awesome product. Uh, and even now that I think some of the rookie patch autos, like the, the the big cards, like the rookie cards, you've seen like the Giannis one sell for like $4 million. Like if you have one of these cards, you have like one of the best two or three cards this player will ever have. And they're, they're not game-worn, they're not player-worn. Some of them are sticker auto, some of them are not. Like, it's just, it's a, it's an absolute mess. And that's why, in some respect, like, I'm not uh, too unhappy if Panini gets bought and then taken in a new direction. Yeah, agreed there. And, um, and Tops, I haven't got much familiarity with their cards, but I have, like, having looked it up, people have the same issues they have with Panini. Like, I'll give one example before we move on again. I bought, like, this year Trevor Lawrence is in the NFL and, like, him, it's his rookie year in Justin Fields and a few others. And I wasn't into the hobby when Mahomes hit the NFL, but I was like, and again, there's no receipts for this, but I was in Dynasty League at the time. I loved Pat Mahomes before he went in, only because I'd caught him, like, hung over on the couch watching college ball. I'd caught him a few times. <laughs> I had no idea if he was going to be good or not. I'm not a QB talent evaluator, but I would, like, Mitch at that time would have bought heaps of Mahomes cards. And future Mitch right now would be a millionaire if I did that. <laughs> and I know nothing about Trevor Lawrence outside of what I've watched and heard he's good, but I've been he- here he's like the best prospect since Andrew Luck, who obviously retired, but Andrew Luck was one of the best QB prospects of all time. He can he put in that level of prospect. So I'm like, I want to be able to, I want a shot, even the smallest shot at this guy's good rookie cards. I want a shot. And I bought a, it's now up to, it was only like Cherry when they do the first release, they have a pretty reasonable hobby price of the first drop, cherrycollectibles.com.au, for those at home. But uh, I bought, <laughs> I bought a, a gold standard hobby box for, for $300 when they first put it up, and I also bought a Panini Elements one, also 300 The gold standard's now about 575 I think they're sold out. And Elements is, I think after they got them last Friday, they put it up to that price. And I'm opening one of those next week. Anyway, I got this gold standard box. two Five hits, two guaranteed autos. And two base cards. And, uh, yeah, I opened that up. And every single one of them looked like they've been hit in the corner with a hammer. Like, it's like, 
as you, you know, it's, it goes through quality control in a box that costs that much. It's not even the most expensive box. Yeah. And you just look like, how the fuck has this happened? Like, <laughs> it's I spent... Brat and sitting there. That's quality yeah. control. It's like, what is happening? The, the, one of them, I have an on-card order. And I know the on-card ones can get more damaged. But it looks like it's been, like, someone's draw at work for a couple of years. You know, they're throwing shit on a few <laughs> things, like, all that's been used as a coaster at some point. And, yeah, it's just like, that's when people suck at the shits, and that's when some people suck going, you know what, I might want to buy Fanatics cards anyway. Even though they probably do the exact same thing, it just, like, blows your mind that, like, through quality control, they can send that shit out to people. Or I've seen, I saw someone open one t- on in the internet yesterday, an Elements football box, Elements has metal cards in it, so it's heavier than the other ones. Like, if you're missing a metal card, they probably go through some weighing system at the at the factory, right? If you're missing a metal card, you're probably missing like 200 grams or something. So heavy. I saw a dude open it short two cards. It's like, Jesus. and then he has to wait like a year to get that replaced. That's what's worth seeing about these yeah, those, those companies. That's the yeah, yeah, especially I, redemptions as well. Yeah, I lodged, uh, like, I only did it for bloody a hoops box like a year ago. I opened a hoops box and it was missing like three or four packs. And it had like, it had, uh, no, none of the parallels in any of the packs it opened. And then one of the packs had like 12 base cards in it. So I've got zero <laughs> parallels. <laughs> and I, and I f- happened to film it opening it. Like one of the first boxes I filmed opening it. I've filmed every box I open now because of this. And I know it's only like a hundred dollar box of cards, but I contacted it then and it's been like a year and I haven't heard a goddamn word. It's like, just send me fucking points or something. <laughs> Even the, the point system is awful. It's like they... Yeah. Something. It's, it's like you got my, my ticket. <laughs> Especially when they're printing money, like hand over fist at the moment. Yeah. It's... Yeah, but anyway, like, moving on. I'm, we could shit on, on them all day, but yeah, move on. Oh, I, I mean, love their shit. I wouldn't keep buying if I didn't. I'm, I'm addicted, but yeah. <laughs> That's, we only criticise them because we love them so much. <laughs> it hurts people that it hurts them. <laughs> it was true, by the way. I was shattered when that box came here. <laughs> but I guess probably moving on, wanted to talk about like the current climate of the market. Um, I guess a lot of people would consider at least the secondary market has been in a, in a bit of a dip, probably somewhat of a correction over the last sort of six months, as particularly as the US has sort of emerged from COVID. Um, people are out spending money elsewhere instead of online. Um, but we've also seen it a bit in Australia as well, where particularly some of those blaster boxes, which, again, people can't find at retail price. But I've noticed that, like, the secondary market prices are starting to sort of fall back towards retail, certainly with releases like Hoops and Donruss, which I think um, probably pe- firstly people were over it. Those cards aren't really holding much value anyway. And guess what's the only sealed product I have? <laughs> well, if, if you won't even open it, then this signals the issue. <laughs> yeah, I um, I actually enjoyed opening hoops a lot this year because of the slam cards and because it was the first cards of the year. And when I flip, when I opened them, then flipped them, it went because it was so early in the year. People were buying stuff for a lot, but like, yeah, hoops and Donruss have zero value this year, like none, and it's. Almost affected prior year value as well. People realizing actually there's a million of these cards and they're not that well, cool. Yeah. Well, with yeah. with the with the Donruss, it's also partly because and like you alerted us, Mitch, the running order and like you can see through the back. So the logic would be if someone's reselling 
a Donra pack and they, and like most people who are selling would know the, the order and know the trick. The logic is if they're selling these on, then they're probably not going to have anything good because they would know. Otherwise, they just open it and sell the hit. Yeah, if you but guys that's, don't that's know, my anyway. the back of, you can see, for, so NFL, right, the, they, for some reason, the back of the Donruss packs, they, they don't have the rookies at the back. They're blocked by vets or also just like an, like a blank white card. But in the NBA ones, the rookies are just at the back. So if you can see the rookie on the back of the pack, you know what rookies are in your, in your back. That's just it. You because know, they like, follow the same order as well. The same order every time. They're not shuffled. So if you know the you know the five players that come out of packs after the mellow, and you'll know if you open one the mellow card pretty much. You're like, well, I can look at the back of this and go, this has not got the mellow in it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, again, I have no idea that how it's all made and packs. I, I did discover with how off center some of my cards were. I got some NBA, NFL Chronicles, and you know I had like the different sets. I had like a card cut so off center that it had a different set attached to it. So they're like, they're not, I thought they were printed in like sheets of Zion or something or a sheet of Lamello and cut. Seems they're not print like that, but I guess they're printed in whatever order and then stacked on each other, like in a sheet. And that's just how they come out in that, that run, no matter where, no matter what product, if it's base cards are in the same run. Yeah. I think I've seen Panini used to do a couple of really good like, behind the scenes sort of factory videos and they showed like a I can't remember what set it was but it was like a totally certified or like a, maybe a gold gold standard uh just like jersey cards and it, and they showed the massive sheet of all the cards laid out and it is literally the entire set laid out and then cut and then there are like if the cards are out of 150 there are 150 of those sheets yeah brutal <laughs> but uh yeah I think one thing and you mentioned it too, Tim. I think the base is just been away from like just the basic cards, whatever parallels you can get. And to be honest, like for example, Prism. I think Prism base cards are kind of ugly. They're just boring. Yes. But Prism parallels are sick. I love the parallel cards, so I kind of get that. And also, once people start realizing, like there is what like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen thousand PSA ten Zion Prism base cards. That's I think, PSA ten yeah. for Christ's sake. I think that's why people are going away from. Hoops and Donruss because you're primarily getting just stock standard rookie card base, like which is essentially for kids. Like we joke about it, but it is for kids. Yeah. Um, and now, <laughs> well, I mean, you won't even open it. So uh, <laughs> now these cards are so readily available and just flooded on eBay in PSA nine, PSA ten, BGS number five, whatever. People just there's no point opening. At last, the box you're buying resale for like sixty, seventy bucks, which would be cheap, I guess. And hoping you get what a, like a good order or something, you know. Instead of just buying like the Zion rated rookie and a PSA nine for eighty bucks, like you, you, the, you the probably, trade-off. Yeah, you could probably buy this year's entire rookie class in Don Ross for less than the cost of a blaster box. Um, yeah, I've seen that multiple times. Yeah, it's like that's not even yeah. Same with the hoops. Yeah, and I like. Crazy. I really like Don Ross and Optic. Like the rated rookies, just they get me going. Optic's yeah. my still my favorite set, but uh, yeah, just the base paper ones. I opened like hoops. I opened heaps this year because I love the slam cards, and I've got like I pulled like a hollow slam of uh, Kobe Bryant, hollow of Zion. Like really like those, but I opened like two Don Ross blasters and a couple of fat packs, and I was like, 
Yeah, I'm pretty good. I've got my, like, Edwards and my Lamello <laughs> and whatever, because the rest of the cards are boring. The inserts suck, the base cards yeah. suck, and the parallel odds are, uh, like, it's in the fat packs as one parallel per fat pack. I don't want to have, I don't want to open 40 cards for one parallel. <laughs> I don't I want think... 40 pieces of paper. <laughs> The difference in, like you mentioned there, the inserts, and we've spoken about this before. The difference between the level of insert in a Donruss hobby, where you're looking at like Marvels and uh, other ones escaping, but even just that one alone, such an amazing card, the Net Marvels ones. Uh, the Yarnus one alone in a PSA 9 is a bit like 200 bucks, versus the retail <laughs> inserts yeah. in Donruss, which are like stat leaders and just, again, for kids that like, Really wasn't enticing to open much of, if any. Can you even hit the rookies cards in retail Donruss? Yeah, yeah, I'm not even sure. I don't think so. You can hit rated rookies, but then you can hit the rookies, which, yeah, there's difference, people. I'm not being crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Donruss basketball is boring too, because I obviously rip both like NFL and NBA, and the NBA prism is much better than NFL prism. It just is. The cards look better. There's more parallels in it, whatever. It they, they looks better as a product for that sport. But, like, NFL Donruss has, like, 100 inserts, and there's heaps of really cool ones, like, and there's heaps of the foil ones. Like, they've got, like, for, you know, they've got heaps of Hall of Fame ones. They've got, like, these champions here set, which is, like, the team that won the Super Bowl last year with a championship belt. They're pretty cool. Every, like, all the players get one of those. There's heaps of chase sets in NFL Donruss, and then you get the NBA ones, in retail, you get, like, Power in the Paint. It looks like a 90s card, but it's just like, oh, I want... Yeah, I really want Rudy Gobert Power in the Paint cards. <laughs> okay, that. And then you get, what, um, the, the all-time stat leaders. Like, yeah. there's probably another one in retail, but those are the two I remember opening and just being like, oh, this is exciting. Like, Is there <laughs> is there an insert for the 13, 5, and 2 club for Thad Young? Nice. <laughs> nice. That was the... I, I, I buy a card like that. That's yeah, cool. I, I would do. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, just like the card just saying power in the paint and having some random tall person on the front of it is not an exciting. <laughs> like, Stephen Adams has one of those. I'm sorry, but like, I don't want a Stephen Adams card at this point. I don't. <laughs> I don't. So yeah, it's, it's disappointing. And then Hoops has like those slam cards save retail hoops, but those aren't in hobby. How are they not in the hobby? How are you buying a hobby box of hoops and having worse inserts? Yeah, it's hard to imagine what an uh, absolute disaster hoops would have been at retail without those slam cards. Like, they were pushing the entire secondary market. Yeah, 100%. And, like, so, I, remember, I remember selling the Kobe ones when I first opened them for, like, 70, 80 bucks each. Now they're worth, like, I think 20 or so you can get them for, but... As as people... Well, I mean, it's the new mar- new product cycle with every product that comes out. Like, people just want the first one of the card for some reason. Um, you see it. Uh, it's pro- probably most notably with that, uh, the Jar Luminance card that was running for, like, over $200 at release, and now everybody owns two or three. God, was uh, it going at 200 I missed it being 200 I remember it was about 40 It was once going at 200 bucks. Because oh uh, Chronicles Hobby released, yeah. and it wasn't clear whether it was a hobby or uh, hobby exclusive or also in retail. And then, obviously, once Retail Chronicles came out, just absolutely flooded. Um the market with those cards were still probably the best looking card of last year. And there's, mm. a, re- there's a reason why everybody wanted wanted one and everybody has a couple. Um, yeah, I've got a few. They're awesome. But I also find the parallels, and I've changed the NFL ones as well, but a couple of years ago you could get Chrome parallels of Luminance. 
So I've got like a DK Metcalf, like out of 50, uh, like a Chrome Luminous Parallel. parallel. I love it, a rookie one. I would have loved a Chrome version of that jar. Yeah. Don't exist. I feel like Panini are never done with their images anyway. It might show up on a on another card, get get some use out of it, like that KD image. Oh, my God. Yeah, KD and Clay, those two, their images without any background. <laughs> the Prism card that kind of looks cool this year, though, because it's fully chrome. The, but in the past, we've left it like the background is white on all the other yeah. cards. Especially when it was the same, like, release after release, it was the same photo. So if you were, like, collecting Kevin Durant, you have, like, hundreds of cards of the same photo. Yeah. Makes it boring. Maybe if Fnatic have the rights to better photos. Yeah, yeah maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm still talking about sort of whether the market's in, like, a bit of a dip or, or where it's heading. Um, we're starting to see some of that backlog from PSA and BGS beginning to trickle back into people's hands. You can see, like, eBay sales of greater cards are certainly starting to, uh, by volume, uh, sort of on the uptick. Um, But there's still a crazy backlog at these companies, and it's almost like, are my cards ever going to come back? Graded like I recently, I just remembered that I had about twenty twenty five cards at PSA that basically to me they don't exist until mm. they come back. Um, but it sort of talk, sort of leans into whether we're in sort of a junk slab era, like we were talking about before. Like hoops rookies and Donruss rookies are worth nothing, but partially because you can buy those cards in slabs graded a nine or a ten for depending on the player, as low as like ten dollars. Um, I think it's hard to see. The right cards graded will still mm-hmm. always be worth the amount that they should be and whatnot. Um, but it, it, to me, the most interesting thing about the, the backlog still at PSA and, and BGS are, firstly, if they ever reopen, but then secondly, it's going to cost so much to grade cards, but there's going to be such demand of a, like an entire year of, uh, cards in the backlog that have been released and people just can't afford to grade them. <laughs> I really don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know either. Like, I know people have, like, the the graded card market, and it's been bounced back up a little bit in American American eBay. It's still thriving over here. Like, I just think, is it the lack of getting graded cards over here? I don't know, but, like, I can easily... Like, and. You know, if anyone, if I don't know, if people listen to this last one, but I essentially I do a lot of my investing in the platform in, in sports cards in, on American eBay. Ship it to a platform called Ship My Cards and ship them home. And there'll be, you know, maybe once a week I'll go through and bid on a hundred slabs. You know, PSA nines. I, I trade in it almost exclusively, and I collect Darius Garland. So I go through him first and bid on every PSA nine to an unders price I'm happy with unless it's a really nice card. And then I'll go through, like, all the last couple of these rookie classes and bid, like, $6, you know, 6 or $7 on, like, you know, a don't, uh, rated optic-rated rookie of, like, Marvin Bagley or a select premier of one of those guys or whatever. And, you know, I'll win three of them out of the 100 or whatever. But you end up winning it for, like, 6 bucks, you know, plus $4 shipping. So it's like, you know, I end up getting all the way over here with all my other cards. Maybe, like, I'm in it for, like, 15 or whatever, Aussie. Maybe a bit more... But then you you go on like Facebook, you can sell it for like forty dollars instantly. 
just a garbage card, and it's bizarre because Facebook and everything over here, people own like they run their purchasing of cards based off comps, like comp prices off eBay and, and one thirty point. But graded cards here still just sell like hotcakes. But it feels like at some point, as you said, Tim, like when when people start getting these shipments back, we've sent them like last year. At some point, that market has to take a ding. Like if you sent that Jamarant card last year when it was worth two hundred dollars in your head. <laughs> To get graded, and you're thinking that comes back PSA nine, it's probably worth X. You could probably yeah. get it right now, PSA nine on American eBay for thirty dollars. <laughs> you know, you probably could, but I don't know. I don't know if that. Like, I think the market's correcting. I don't know if it's correcting over here. Forgive me. I don't know what you think about that, Tim. I think over yeah. here you can still oversell slabs. Generally, market worldwide, it's correcting. I think in Australia we have like this micro micro market thing where it take where there is some element of lag. From the US market, like you can buy the cheap slabs in the US because there is an abundance of them, and it's it, for a, such a long period of time it was so easy for American to collectors to grade their cards for next to nothing. It costs like nine dollars to grade a card. That's sort of how we got into this mess in 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 the beginning. Is that it, it became so, so cheap to to grade anything that you might as well suddenly influx of people in the hobby base was worth a lot out of nowhere. People realise I can grade this and sell this for hundred bucks, where it was worth five dollars yeah. a year ago. And I think we've still probably got a bit of a lag on that in Australia. It's still, like you said, eBay comps are huge in terms of like Facebook sales and whatnot. But there is that sort of difference with graded stuff that people understand that like there is the money to grade it that's been put into it and the money to ship it back. So it sort of adds that premium to the price. Yeah. But like you said, I think there obviously will come a point where it sort of flips on a dime and. Usually it gets pretty ugly when that sort of happens. Um, but, yeah, until then, I don't know. It's, it's hard to predict. Yeah, I've sold all my, like, every pretty much every base one I've, I've sent back, bar Garland, I've sold those. But, like, you know, I've still got, like, I've got on my desk here, I've got a, like, Fanatics Green Wave, uh, Darius Garland rated rookie in a nine. Awesome card. I know it's not, the, it's not my best Darius Garland card, but I just the green wave looks good in the light. And I've got a, a purple disco of Zion's Hoots premium stock. And they're just parallels. They look god, but in a slab, they look 10 times better than the base ones do. I don't know what it is, but once you've got a parallel on a slab, it's like, this is awesome. <laughs> but but like then I put it next to like a base Donruss or a base Optic here, like, this thing's garbage. <laughs> I'll get, get it out of here. But, um, yeah, I... I do wonder that whilst we might hit this junk side there you mentioned for the last couple of years, it does also make me think, though, will the next few years of rookies, once grading them back up, it will, I don't know what it'll cost. It won't cost $9 or $20. It'll cost more. Yeah. Will we end up looking at a place where there may be a premium again on some of those? Like, because we know it costs extra grade. Yeah. We're not going to grade a million, whatever, not the mellows, but not going to grade a million Cade Cunningham base cards. Will that kind yeah. of save some of those? Yeah, that's interesting because, like, I'm thinking about cards that I pulled recently where, given that grading is, A, just not possible at the moment, and then, B, like, not possible given the price and also being in the straight, um, unless you've literally hit some incredibly like, thousands-of-dollar card. It's just not feasible. Mm. But, yeah, given that it's probably going to cost, like, upwards of 50 US to to grade a card, and, like, recently pulled a Lamello Redway Prism. Like, if we were in this point last year, it's like, oh, that's an automatic grade. Now it's like, 
I don't know if I can justify not sending this card away for X amount of time um, because it's not like these companies are even open yet, really accepting. Um, again, should put a caveat on that, saying that you know I don't really believe in the other the other grading companies, and I think people's um, not willing to adopt the other companies, having the same sort of view as me. Like, oh, you know, these companies are cool, but I'm not going to – I would never grade with them. They're sort of stopping those other companies from uh, truly competing with PSA, BGS, and even to an extent SGC. Yeah, the, um, the HGA, the newest one, like, their slabs look kind of cool, but I've already seen them fuck up so often that, like, they don't – they have a cap, they have a limit. You'd think they'd be able to manage it, and I still see them put, like, spelling Justin Herbert's name wrong on a card. Justin Herbert. <laughs> I haven't followed HGA particularly closely. Like, again, this is sort of an, an element of the hobby where I'm sort of, like, pessimistic about it. And also just given that, like, the sort of collector in me wants all my... Like, I have cards in PSA 9, so, like, I just want PSA 9. Like, I don't <laughs> want to have, like, this uniform collection. It would just bug me to have some random card. Um, that's why I sold a lot of SGC slabs that I held. Um, but, yeah, I, I noticed with HGC or HGA, sorry, recently, that they're starting to... They had to let people go because they're not experiencing the demand that they thought they would, which is interesting to me, given that basically all the other companies are closed. Yeah, and they were, at one point, they were so popular that we couldn't book, for like three or four months, you couldn't get cards to them. Yeah. I think the issue with that was that there was no benefit in being the first person to HGA. Uh, Like, Given the way that grading companies work, like you need that repu- need that market reputation and market confidence in the cards, and also that to be reflected in value. Like, there's no real payoff of the risk. Yeah, so, I also think they um I think they really fucked up not doing tens. Like, yeah, you're not sure. BGS. Yeah. You're not yeah. BGS. Like, I don't know if you people again, if you don't know, like BGS is like the older or one of the more traditional grading companies that was used to be seen as the king before PSA, and they do grading on a you know, 9, 9.5, whatever basis, and you get subgrades that you'll get corners 9 or 9.5 or 8 or whatever, surface edges centering. And PSA just, you know, have 9s and 10s, but, like, a PSA 10, they're not perfect. And PSA, everyone knows they're not perfect, but they'll give 10s to a card that are, like, just over a 9. They'll give them 10s. Yep. You know, or they'll give it, like, say, you know, there could be there could be a whole series, there could be a whole run of cards that every single one of them was off-centre, so PSA will give a 10 based on that card being a 10 of that card. Off-center, BGS not giving you a 10. doesn't matter what card, like what happens to the rest of them. But that got popular, obviously, because once rating cards hits the populace everyone, everybody knows 10 is great. You know, 10 out of 10, perfect, you know? Yeah. It's easy to, people want 10s over 9.5s. And then I thought when I saw HJ did, like, the same thing as BGS, it's like, you're not big enough name to do that. <laughs> like, just hand out 10s, but... Like some of their cards look cool. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of the um the custom labels when they do like a if you look yeah, at, look yeah. up some custom labels on a it's like a select tie dye or on a um any of the downtown cards. Yep. They're quite cool because like, they put like the downtown cards have, you know, if you the player you know, for example, I have a Patrick Mahomes downtown I pulled and it was in the Miami Super Bowl. The background's got like palm trees and things in that. And the label on one of those, they put palm trees and flamingos in the label. Looks awesome. Yeah. But the custom labels kind of suck on everything else. <laughs> like, I thought that was going to be cool. They kind of suck. 
That's oh, the sort of yeah, thing I was talking seen, about. I've seen the... Running. Sorry, I've just... Yeah, sorry, I've just no, seen, no, the tour, I've seen the tour one. They've done the tour downtown where it's got like a tsunami and a Hawaiian warrior on it. Yeah, is that one good or is it, is it all shit? I mean, look, I'm 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 an idiot, so I like it. Yeah, oh, I just <laughs> looked that one up just now. That looks good. Yeah, so I like the customs of the downtowns, but it's like the custom ones of like you know the base prism. They just like oh, DeAndre Swift mix up go. some colors. It's like this is shit house. <laughs> I think they're pretty they're pretty hit and miss, and the fact that you won't necessarily know what it looks like until you get the card back is a bit sort of annoying in that sense. Yeah, um, and they're still learning. And I've seen, I saw another one. The guy did downtowns, and one of them. The same card, I don't remember which card it was, I saw them on a Facebook group, and the same downtown with a custom label, it was like one of those ones downtown where the guy had the American flag in the background. Mm. One of them has this really cool American flag logo. The other one just has cash, like dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> the dollar bill one is so lame. And it's like, you send it in and you've got dollar bills on top of your card. It's so lame. It's like, it's made like in the markets in China or something, that one. You know, it looks so oh, bad. I've just seen the, I've seen the, um, oh, is it, yeah, who's this? Oh, it's Pat Tillman is the American flag one. He's got a good one too. There you go. But I just said, like, dollar, the, yeah. like, oh yeah, I sent all this money in and I, I sent this card, I sent all this money and you gave me this lame as shit thing. And those <laughs> lame things travel way further through social media than the cool ones do. Yeah. I think as well, I just, it's like the boringness of the PSA one. Like, it looks like it's a, yeah, I don't know, I'm yeah, lame like would. that, but like. <laughs> yeah, so I are. think, yeah. I think like I have that Mahomes downtown, and I, I def, didn't say it's a grading at the high price. I know it's not a 10. It's a little, you've seen it, Tim. It's a little stamp, it's a little off. It's not a 10, so I'm not going to yeah. send it at that high price. I'd like that in that custom slab, but like everything else in the PSA slab, I'm like you, Tim, mate. Line them up, it's like, these are, these are good if they all the same. Yeah. I mean, I got so particular about, like, my SGC slabs wouldn't fit in a card tray I had, so I sold them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've only got two SGCs, mate. One of them's a SGC9, um, Prism, sorry, Mosaic, a Colin Sexton rookie. And then I have a really bizarre Cavs Shaquille O'Neal card. That was like $3, and that one I'm not selling. <laughs> and for all the kids, Shaquille O'Neal is on the points bet ads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he played for the Cavs for about, I think, three weeks or something. <laughs> I, th- I think, yeah, Detroit's one of the only central team he didn't play for. Oh, no, actually, no. He was on he was on tour by the end, but yeah. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that Grady opens back. I actually do want it to cost a little, as you said, Tim. Actually, like, even though I like f- buying and selling slabs... Seeing a fat, like 10,000, 15,000, whatever, is just shit hoots base. Nobody cares then. Yeah. With those in slabs. Like, yeah, I actually want to see it kind of trimmed down a little because then I, I can kind of buy into like the pop count of, of ungraded cards is a million. I don't care if the graded ones is only X amount, you know? Yeah. That's why I, I find sort of when people quote pop count, it's very smokescreen to me because if, if you're trying to sell a card, Pop count, uh, you know, Darius Garland, Prism, PSA 10, uh, Gold, Pop count 2. Like, how do I know the other eight aren't at PSA now? Like, the, the Pop count as of now is that. But given the backlog at these grading companies, like, the Pop count isn't really that. It's, yeah. you can't tell yet. So it's sort of a smokescreen on the value, really. 
yeah, historically it's okay for older cars, but it's also, as you mentioned there as well, like I collect Darius Garland. He has, he has lower pop counts because people don't want his cards. That's yeah. the fact. Like, it doesn't actually mean anything unless the card itself is short print. Which I, mean, I, I would say, I don't understand why people don't want his cards because he, does, he doesn't sign with Panini. So technically, mm. like the cards he has are more valuable yeah. than rookies of the same ilk. Like, because yeah. there's no higher end. There's no. Exactly. Yeah, like I bought a um that that purple disco Zion I bought. When I bought that, it was the only one of two of PSA. But I knew because like, the guy who obviously did it because that, that that set was released after the lockdown. Yeah, obviously sent it. I don't know why he sent that card express because it was never even if it gemmed. I don't know if it comes back being worth sending it express like two fifty USD wherever it is. But like. I'm not an idiot. I know that's like there's more of those coming. Like I know that they've been grading this shut off. Like so I didn't care about the pop count. I just bought it because like I put the bid and I was happy with, and uh, just one of those ones I won. You know, whatever. Yeah. And, I, and I'm glad I got it. But yeah, I don't really care that much about that. And I haven't got the same view. I just think like things like the. I'm not concerned about pop count in general, but I do d- don't like the idea of like you know the Zion PSA base being seven like. 20,000, and they'll probably be, as you said, about they're sitting, there might be 30,000 of those by next yeah. year in PSA 10s. I mean, people are pulling them, pulling them every day, and yeah. maybe maybe now it's probably not a card you grade, but like, yeah, they're, they're, when it's all said and done, there are going to be so many of those cards floating around, and I mean, God forbid if anything happens to Zion and he doesn't pan out like on the trajectory that he's heading, like, it's going to be absolutely catastrophic for the hobby. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I actually sold like when I realised the slabs were coming, like dropping. I sold like all of my Zion and Jar slabs. Like, I have this. I have two Zions left, and I have another one coming. I have a PSA ten of the blue cracked ice of the same hoops premium card coming. I have that. But like, I was the same thing. I was like, man, I was, like these guys are still the price of superstars. Yeah. There's still more cards coming. I'll just get what I can now, and if you know, if I can buy them probably cheaper in a year if I still buy. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's a there's a lot of merit to if you can get your cards back early enough. Of which I guess we're still in that stage. PSA are up to. I checked recently; they are up to about October, November though. Um, they've probably still got like over a million, whatever billion cards in the backlog. There certainly is merit to selling out now and then buying later on. Um, you think you probably gains that, you, yeah. But you've definitely seen as well the shift, like from base of, to variant. Like you can see from like last year. I've only I've been in the hobby what over a year now. About this time last year, I right got into it. Um, the price of like a base prism of even a shitty rookie last year was was you know pretty decent. You know, yeah. I remember at one point like you know Tyler Hero and Kobe White rookies over fifty bucks for prism at one point. And this year, like, you can get anybody but Melo for that. And, and yeah. maybe you can get Melo for that on Facebook, but you can get any of them. Like, I've seen, you can get Ant, Ant, Ant Edwards for about 30 bucks, and you can get some other guys. Like, you know, you can get, I don't know who's the Tyler Hero of this class right now, but, you know, you can get guys like Quickly and Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bay and all those guys. You can get their base and Pokusevsky for $5 or less on, you know, easy, get their base. Yeah, you can, I think, like, half of those guys you listed, I probably wouldn't even touch them at $5. That's what I'm saying, but like you can get yeah. way less than that. Like you set a ceiling at that. Like you can get a Wiseman base for like seven or eight dollars at, at the moment. And yeah. That's with like he played for Golden State <laughs> and he has a reputation. Like, yeah. I think a lot of that's like lessons learned in the sort of the franticness of last year. Every like so much money being thrown around. Like, yeah. Um, 
you know, you could buy cards and then conceivably the next week they'd be worth more, like, stuff like that. And people have, like, the market's matured somewhat and people that are left, like, still sort of interested um, are looking at And, yeah, I guess the thing is as well, like, base, sort of the surge in prices for base, like, base, base is not supposed to be worth much. No. Like, you look back, look at cards like Giannis Select, that are worth, I don't know, two, $300, $400 now raw. Like, those cards for ages, even when Giannis was a really good player, they're worth a few bucks because it's base. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I think that it did catch out a lot of people buying sort of, like I said, base of unproven rookies. Like, even that Hero and Kobe White. Like, yeah. decent-ish rookies, but certainly not commanding that level of more than, like, tiers of all-stars. Yeah, I was glad. That's one thing I learned early going into it, because, again, I'm a sports fan in general and a tight ass. So I was just comparing the cost of that those people's prism rookies to, as you said, prior guys who were already good. Yeah. I bought, like, no prism last year because of that. I bought, like, I bought a couple, but I bought nearly no prism. I have still have heaps of optic and stuff, and I bought way too much Kobe White, and I've sold all of that. But, like, yeah, I bought, like, no prisms. There was no chance. You just said the same thing this year, man. I sold, like... I pulled Justin Herbert prison base in one of my NFL opens and I sold it for like $230. And at that time, like it was like, you know, Kyler Murray, for example, his prison base was less than that. And I know Justin Herbert may be better than him, but like there's Deshaun Watson was less. Like there was all these guys who were already proven they could be top five quarterbacks that their rookie card costs less. It's like, there's no way like the likelihood of him being playing out to be as good as those guys. It's just not there. Yeah, if you, you play the percentages, you just need to. Same with like new product cycle, like you just—it's way better to sell when you've immediately pulled it. Oh, it's like right now, like Josh Allen, it's ridiculous. Like Josh Allen's decent, but he's like rated rookie cards, like he's optic rated rookie. I'll look it up right now, but it's like two or three hundred dollars now for his rated rookie in the NFL, and like you're te- like he, you're telling me his cards. So there you go, two hundred dollars, two fifty for a base optic Josh Allen. That's ridiculous. It's like you can get like 10 Kalamaris for that. Yeah. Josh Allen ain't that much better than Kalamari if he is better than him. <laughs> they had a better season. It's like, what are people doing? Like, you can get like a, like rookie cards of good quarterbacks or like all timers for that much. Or good players in other sports as well for two or three hundred dollars. Not a but guy like Josh Allen. <laughs> entire tier of all stars, which their cards are sort of in. Like really good cards, Prism yeah. and first year selects, where the cards are sort of in no man's land. I'm talking like Westbrook, Lillard, Beal, Bradley Beal for like three dollars, <laughs> Anthony Davis even. And yeah. to think of like a player, the, the caliber of Anthony Davis is like a, an afterthought in the hobby. Really should put into perspective, like if you're prospecting, you're working with such low odds on all of these guys. Like not every not every player you buy a card for cheap will be worth more. To, I mean, most of them won't. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, here's one for you. You can get so the Mar Jackson has won the MVP award. So he's already he's already proven he's been at one point the best player in the league, right? You can get his like PSA ten Don Russ optic for the same price as a base Josh Allen. <laughs> what in the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> like, he yeah, is a running okay. back, though. Yeah, I know, but it's like, okay, this guy has won the MVP. If he dies tomorrow, he dies as an MVP. 
You know, Josh Allen goes down as a guy who had a really good season and played playoffs and got paid. Like, yeah, like, as you said, like again, Westbrook's a weird one, and I don't know what's going to happen if anything comes of him being at the Lakers. But like again, he's been the MVP, he's been popular, but his cards have just nothing. Yeah, Harden no, as well. Even Harden, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but Harden has like I don't know. They both kind of have lots of haters, but Harden has a big swathe swath of haters. So I, kind of I would even put an extension and say like Kevin Durant's hobby does not measure the player he is. It's no. like when I look at his hobby, it's like it's outrageous. Like you can buy a Durant order for like hundred bucks, which is insane. Like it is incredible. It, it should be thousands. You shouldn't be able to be like they should be yeah. out. Like, I shouldn't even be looking at it on eBay. I should feel guilty if you're looking it up. <laughs> I know, I know, I know he's signed his... a lot, but yeah. like yeah. You could buy his rookie card, like again, for like a, under a hundred bucks, and there's not many of them. Like it's not like like there's to- the tops rookie that year. There's a couple of those, not many of them. It's not like there's a million different, you know, Panini variants of a Zion now. You can get Kevin Durant rookie cheaper. A rookie card as well that's been pumped endlessly. That card was worth nothing before Gary V told people to buy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. I, I actually bought one like the week before he did that and I was so mad that I had only bought one because I, I tried to buy more but he, <laughs> I sold it instantly but it was like I think I spent bought it for like $19 or something last year a Durant uh, like base tops rookie and I sold it for 100 and something when he pumped it I think this sort of leads into something I wanted to talk about it's yeah. like the there's been less and we were sp- kind of speaking of it with, like, Hero and, and Kobe White, that there's been less volatility in the market. And certainly the reaction to, like, big games or hype, if you, uh, Terrence Mann not included, <laughs> has been much more muted than it was previously last year. Like, bubble performances. Like, somebody had a 25-point game in the bubble. Like, those cards were up. Whereas I feel like that has been dampened somewhat this year, particularly through... And I'll bring it into the Ben start talking about like uh, through summer league as well. I feel <laughs> like a the issue is that the draft casts have been on their teams. You know they got drafted a month ago. They don't have any cards, so I feel like that was a downer for the hobby in general. Um, but also, yeah, second second year players probably didn't get the traction like hype wise. I feel like that's. Yeah, I feel like that's the market sort of responding to, like, people don't want to take as much, people don't take as big a risk anymore. Like, if, they'll buy someone if he's constantly popping off, but, like, it's not it's not as volatile as it was last year. Yeah, I think trade's, like, the only thing that triggers it now. Like, I've got yeah. Daniel Turo cards that are about to go for overs on eBay tonight, but he got traded this week. And the only summer league stonks I noticed, because I've had a really, like, good month on eBay, but, like, Lockdown has helped in Australia, obviously, and things the market's been revived a little yeah. because of lockdown, which is whatever whatever happens happens. But um, only ones I noticed were Boston Celtics. Because Boston fans are morons over here. Like, <laughs> I had like, a, like I don't know. Aaron Naismith had a good game or something, and I, I someone who, yeah, but like Naismith, I'd sold a couple of these rookies for like three dollars or two dollars, whatever. And then he had like one good summer league game, and the next one that day happened to finish that day, and my auction went for like seventeen dollars. Like, what the hell is wrong with you people? 
<laughs> it was probably buy it now. It's cheaper on, e- on eBay. But yeah, that. And then and same thing. Peyton Pritchard only only pulled one of his prism cards. One. And I feel like he just hasn't. I don't know why. He doesn't kind of park as much. Because it wasn't as much from eBay either. But he's also went for like thirteen dollars. And I know thirteen dollars isn't a lot of money, but considering you can get, you know, most days of the week that's a ninety nine cent card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's it, it, what the, the, the stamp to send it costs more than the actual card. Yeah, that's it. But it's like the rest. I agree with you. The rest of there's been far less reaction to really big game. I think last during the season last year there's still some big game reaction, but the last few Sexton. months, yeah, Sexton. Oh yeah, as a man of owns, I sold so much Sexton then. I sold all my Kevin Porter by like three or four yeah. after his first good Rockets game. But generally, unless like that was those were like national TV ish kind of games everyone was talking about, like. Yeah. The summer league, I agree with you. Summer league market really hasn't done anything. Like, there's some guys in there who are like killing summer league, and nobody bought anything or sold anything. Like Azubuki, Jay- for example. Like Jalen Noel. Yeah, your mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, like I did, there is the caveat that like fifty percent of the guys at summer league don't have cards. Maybe if there had been Cunningham rookies or uh, Green rookies, like. Those would have popped off uh, during summer league, and again, that sort of leads in as well to um, talking about how Panini are just so far behind on their releases. Like usually by the draft, they they would want at least the college cards to be out, but at the moment, like there, there is not unless a guy is signed with like upper deck. I'm not sure if a couple of guys had pre rookie cards. There, there is nothing of this draft class yet. Yeah, and it's weird. Like the NFL ones, I had the draft cards out the week of it. Yeah, but it's still like they, how have they not caught up in this in, like entire year? Like I know there, there was reasons they're behind, and they had even after the the coronavirus had like the, the power issues in where they where the factory is or whatever. But it's like they're still so far behind. Like Prism over here, we what well, we just got Prism the multi packs that were released what April? Yeah, in America, like. I don't know, they're so far behind, and I also think that it dings the, the the interest in the last year's draft. Like, I know Select is coming out soon, people will probably overpay for that, but the interest in product of last year's class is going to be dinged by the fact that, like, the other the next class is already playing by half these products being released. Yeah, yeah. and it's not like... We're talking several... They're not like one or two products behind. They're like key products behind. Mosaic Optic comes out on uh, this Friday, yeah. which, I mean, the next draft class was drafted over a month ago by then. Uh, influx of Retail Chronicles still yet to come, and then, like, Higher End, Flawless, Obsidian. Um, they, they, I mean, maybe they'll try to sneak in a Hoops Premium or a one-on-one or encased. There's so many products from 2021 that Panini haven't even, like, yeah. release checklists for. I just, I don't know what the sort of the plan is there. They're just going to cut off at a certain date and then at like 21, 22 hoops is coming out like as the season starts or because I mean the, the schedule for the next NBA season got released. Like we're not that far away from like preseason. We're 60, uh, we're like 9 to 60 days from the tip, from tip off. And yeah, there's going to be a product coming out then. It's going to be, going to be weird like because it's not the same as last year. And yeah, as you said, like got things like like Chronicles, how is that not out? <laughs> like, just print paper garbage and get it out there. And they're, they're releasing, I don't know if you've seen that, the Draft Picks Chronicles is out, I think, soon in America. That's going to yeah. beat out last year's Chronicles product. How the fuck? 
that have been. See, Ben, will you even bother with like a? You you don't care about like cards with Cade Cunningham in where you go, Oklahoma State. Uh, where, where oh, the, the yeah, the Cowboys. No, nah, not at all. Yeah, so that's just like no. the college cards as well are, are very. I find. College cards is a very American-centric product. Yeah, it's, it's I, can, I definitely... can see why they do it, and absolutely, like, there will be collectors for each college and, and whatnot, and obviously those cards are only probably going to become more prevalent given, the like, the, the rulings, the NCAA rulings, yeah. um, that, that players what? can, athletes can earn money now. Yeah. Um, I just thought I'd uh, add my voice to something. Um, no, what I... <laughs> <laughs> like, also, I think... Like, obviously, last year's draft class, yeah, half the stuff is now, there's a bit of fatigue about them already. Probably didn't help their hype at all that this was also their first summer league. Yeah. So, like, they didn't they didn't get the traditional hype cycle that, like, this year's class has gotten. And then, like, guys like Desmond Bain, like, for example, like, a really, really good rookie, average, like, 22 points a game in summer league. Usually, that's, like, holy shit, like, pump up the value. And then he's just like, eh, I mean... Like Very half of his minor. Card, yeah. Half of his cards aren't out. So like, well, yeah. I pulled so much Bane Prism though, nobody cares. You're right though. He's a better, like, I'm, I'm only holding him because nobody wants him for what I think he's worth. <laughs> you know, like I pulled like three or four of his silver cards and one green. It's like, well, think, I'm well, not selling silver for ten dollars. Yeah. Like the most worrying thing about that is, is there is scarcity of these rookies' cards, and like Bane still can't stonk. Yeah. Like he only ha- he only has X amount of rookie cards. He doesn't have a select rookie card. I mean, okay, yes, it's been released. Doesn't have an optic rookie card yet. Doesn't have his fifteen Chronicles rookies cards yet. Doesn't have a flawless RPA yet. Doesn't have an Obsidian RPA. Like it, there, I guess people know those are to come, and there is a smarter market now. But you know, if you're a Bane collector, you want a Bane card right now. Your choices are limited. They are. I feel like I've had more success, like. I've had a good time. Everyone wants Prism, so I've had a pretty good time buying and selling Prism, but the last few months I've had really good success with the NFL because, like, there's just less of it here. That's it. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, the only... Like, I often, I'm the only person with a card on eBay. You know, I'll be the only one. Whereas you look at... Go on eBay now in Australia, and you'll you'll go and find, like... You could find, a uh, you know, 100 Desmond Bain cards. That and they're selling. all yours. <laughs> they're all mine. Please <laughs> buy them. That aren't selling. And, yeah, and that's, like... I, I don't know why what? he hasn't got a market because, like, he, I know playing with Jar means he'll never be the best player on his team, but he was an all-rookie last year. As you said, killed Summer League and nobody gives a shit. What, what if we started shill bidding on those banes for you? Perfect. But you'll be... <laughs> if you win that, you will have to pay me because otherwise <laughs> you, I'll get you banned by eBay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, then do you want to speak about the shill bidding? I, I know what shill bidding is. I don't know that. <laughs> so did, yeah, <laughs> so... <laughs> I guess the other big point of news recently is... I, I just wanted the segue, yeah. <laughs> PWCC Marketplace. Um, I can't even remember what that stands for. But yeah, huge reseller auction house on eBay. Um, probably one of the biggest two or three with what Probstein and Comp, Comp guy, yes. Um, ComC. Um, banned by eBay for alleged, like, quote-unquote allegedly. Uh, shield bidding. So, Ben, would you like to provide us with what you've learned about shield bidding? Ah, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> thank you for thanks for the introduction. Uh, shield bidding is, uh, as my extensive research has uncovered, essentially, you know, getting friends to bid on your products to develop the price to the point where an unsuspecting bidder will then overpay for something 
that has been driven up. Um, oh, I forget the word. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, 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 driven up yeah. synthetically. Yeah, uh, yeah, if you go on, if you go on eBay, essentially it's like you know, say you've got something up there for like five dollars. Say, say you're selling like, a Desmond Bane. And yeah, no say one you wants are, to buy it. and no one wants to buy it, and someone's winning the bid. You know, I want ten dollars with this card, and someone's winning at ninety nine cents with an hour to go. You just go, someone look at you know, I hit up Ben Ben, mate. Can you go in there and you know bid nine dollars so I get my money for this, or even get in a bidding war with someone fake? And if if you win, it's fine. We'll just cancel and relist it. But most likely that person will win and, and overpay. I don't know, and that's what PWCC have been accused of doing. And, and Tim, I don't know, it doesn't stand for this, but every time I hear PWCC, I think of Price Waterhouse Cooper cards. <laughs> See, this is the like. I assume that like eBay were like okay with it because people knew this was happening, and like people oh. New people suspected this was happening with PWCC and Prostein for that for that matter for a long time. Like this, they were almost notorious for this. Like, don't bid on their items because you're probably going to get pushed up. Like, is almost like the rule of thumb. So it is weird to see like eBay come down on this. So I cut out there for a second, mate. What'd you say at the end there? It's just odd to see eBay come down on this, given that basically it's always been wink, wink. PWCC, yeah. Probstein, people on eBay do this. Yeah, I don't know what it is, why it happened, but PWCC talking about doing their own platform now, so I don't know what came first, if eBay found out that or not. Yeah. But I know they're definitely, like, eBay know the card market's huge over there. Like, if you, and it's not in Australia yet, but they're, in the American version, if you change your address to America on your app, you can go and see they're doing a thing. They're launching like a collection, so you put your own portfolio in there and list it quickly. They're putting that in there. They're putting in a system to take photos of your cards, auto uploading. The you know it, t- it tells you what card you've taken a photo of and auto does the details for you. And they've also got what's the other one? They've got a now something to do like charting and tracking things. I think they're trying to control whatever that market is there more themselves. And I guess PWCC are a disruptor in that market. Like for ex- if they're yeah. doing their own tr- you know charting, they they're killing. Things like the sports card investor app, or feel what it's called, market movers. You know, yeah. I guess PWCC, uh, someone who takes advantage of eBay's system and how it works to make more money and falsely drive up prices, and maybe it's something to do with eBay wanting more control of what the trading mar- trading card market is now. Because, like, I guess a couple of years ago when it wasn't huge for eBay, they just didn't give a shit. Yeah, I think it's what eBay. Had- trying to make more, like you said, they're trying to make more of an impact on the market. Like, they had a big presence at the National. Um, They they sponsor the Sports Card Investor app. They had that shipping option, like that graded, uh, what was it, like uh, cheaper shipping option for cards sent within the US. Like, obviously, they've seen the, the... like the the increase in activity on their platform because it is they are one a platform for trading cards like there's no disputing that um, and they want to get a bit more of that yeah they like they, they have I think it's under cards under twenty dollars or something you can ship yeah. with eBay for ninety one cents yeah not bad you know they did that and yeah so I just think it might be part of that and then PWCC like everyone knows they shill you know the allegation or not but I've I've only bid on a couple of their cards. I think you mentioned it to me, Tim, ages ago, and then I started watching some of the auctions, and it's just like you just know someone's shill bidding because 
I know the eBay American auctions, they're more active than here, and I know right at the last second, people do bid, but it happens like almost every auction there all the time, and then you see them get relisted if if the, if they, if they, the other person wins it. If whoever PWCC is using his shield wins it, you see that yeah. card up there. Well, and, and as well, it's so blatant, because usually you're looking at like PSA or VGS graded cards that are numbered. Yeah. Like with their unique identifier, there's no way around that. Yeah, it's like this has been relisted is the exact same number as what I was looking at last week. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and like some I know as well as sort of the the hesitation with eBay with shield bidding sort of not so much on a commercial process, but sort of people doing it to get comps of their own cards for and then to sell that for the comp, you know, the fake comp that they've got. So it is also it Getting rid of PWCC is probably a good move for eBay in that that respect. Granted, it does lose a lot of business, but there is still it's still a thing. Like it's not like shield bidding is over. Like yeah. it's, it's still going to be a problem. It is, and I don't know they lose a lot of business, but I guess they've probably done the profit and loss themselves with that, right? That they've weighed up this is worth it more than yeah. letting them yeah. continue. Well, it's a, it's a move for consumer confidence, really. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, like I said. the I guess people would warn against bidding on those sort of items. I, I would, wouldn't take too much to imagine people saying, I don't bid on eBay because of that. So, Yeah, especially if they're trying to be serious. <laughs> like you, can't, you can't be serious and then like, have these blokes, you know, considering they do all the sponsorship stuff. But, I mean... Doesn't matter because I don't buy stuff or sell stuff, so you'll be in a hundred. You'll be in the thousand breaks this year, hoping you win Cade Cunningham. You get the Detroit Pistons. Mate. Yeah, but I won't sell it. So. <laughs> yeah, very true. You'll be buying still. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be I'll be hitting all these uh, Luca Gaza, yeah. Bolsa, Kravitsa rookies. Well, I, I do think oh. this draft class has a bit of a shot of you know saving that those products we talking about earlier, those releases. Though. I just think there's a lot more hype rookies in it than just Lamelo. Yeah, who, who wasn't seen as a great prospect anyway? Well, I think yeah, the the Lamelo hype's like the, his card prices are sort of weird because I guess I would consider him like a maybe at or just below sort of where Jar was sort of hype wise, but the prices haven't kept with that. And I know obviously Jar is a year ahead and he had a great sort of uh, quote unquote playoff run given the play in and. And whatnot, he had what, 50 in one of those games. But like, yeah, it's odd that sort of Lamelo hasn't been able to carry the carry the class as much as sort of Jar, and obviously Jar's added by Zion. Um, but yeah, those prices for Lamelo just haven't haven't stuck up there. And maybe I guess that's because maybe some people don't like him, don't like the ball family or whatever. Yeah, and, and uh, he, I've yeah. said he has his cards like worth more than America than here at one point. I thought that was weird because like he was in the NBL, everyone here loved him, but. That's what I was going to yeah. say. You, like, you can't justify paying big money for a guy who didn't go to college. So, like, he didn't do it. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't do it against William and Mary on a Wednesday afternoon. So, like, <laughs> it's why Lucas' prices are famously low. <laughs> you can't give him away, mate. The Luca, the Luca cards, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, Luca, Desmond Bain, just these guys with no hype. But I guess yeah, just to finish. Um... I think this was suggested by was it Ben or that we give our stonk tips what we're looking at. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about the players? Or... No, we should, we should talk about some conspiracy. Let's do that. Yeah, it's the conspiracy. Oh, the conspiracy. 
Oh, yes, I forgot. Sorry. Mate, come on. I'm, gonna take... I'm carrying your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is your idea. <laughs> So, I'm, I'm uh, famously anti. I'm like I know Mitch said last time he was the antichrist of the hobby with like the way he just hoards shit, but I'm the anti- like I don't sell anything. Like once it gets into my hands, it's like it's never seen the light of day again. That's, like, that's yeah. It. Those Don Russ packets are going to be worth a fortune when you finally sell them in like 2070. <laughs> yes, I'm going to give them to my to my son. When fanatics Cade. lose their life, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to hand them down to my son Cade in uh, in 50 <laughs> years. And yes, he's gonna. That's going to be his retirement fund. Uh, but yeah, I guess the other side of the the National Treasures release was that we got on card in box autos from Lamelo Ball, who has been a redemption really since draft picks contenders um, for most of the year. Uh, noticeably different auto, and then noticeably similar auto to I think it's Macal and Miles Bridges have a similar auto to him. Yes, but Miles like his good friend, which makes it the the, yeah. the other part. Also, Mikhail and Miles not related, so aren't they? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I don't think so. You're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's, that's. I mean, I wasn't out there calling them the brothers anywhere, but just, just <laughs> you, you're, selling, you're selling their cards in lots where you was. You yeah, like the brothers. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like if people haven't the seen bridge, it, you can just Google, bridges. just Google a Lamelo Ball autograph, and you'll see, like in the images, you'll see it. But it's like he used to write Lamelo Ball, and we know, like, if you ever collected cards, you'll know almost every p- player who signed anything shortens their their signature at some point. Oh, they, like, just no get, matter, they get tired of it, yeah. They do, like you know, there's like even one of the ones rookies in series, the Sky of the Maze. I pulled three of his rookies, and in the same set, there's like. His auto, sorry. There's Skylar G. Mays he was writing at one point. I pulled two with that. And in the prism this year, there is Skylar G. Mays cards and SM cards. And just <laughs> well, it's like the, the famous example I've got is, you know, when when Contavious Caldwell Pope first entered the league, he was like the full Caldwell, like really loopy and everything. And then there's like a famous photo of like just a sheet of his cards that he's obviously been sent to sign at like when he was at the Pistons. And they're just all KCP with dots in between. Yeah, it looks like a child wrote those ones. (laughs) (laughs) It's like with his left hand, he's just written KCP on like a hundred cards. Like, there you go, that'll do. I wonder what, like, they're supposed to, or at least older cards, I think, may notice on like upper deck cards, that it'll say like, this this auto is guaranteed by the upper deck company and signed in the presence of a representative. I wonder what the quote-unquote Panini representative thinks when they see this rookie show up for his first signing and he's got this big auto that goes forever. It's like, oh, he's going to last like 50 autos and then it's going to be down to the initials. Let's <laughs> bring a uh, dot the, at the end or whatever. It's they, like a symbol. Yeah, th- what they really should do is <clears throat> they should, um, you know, like in any good contract law, have an actual witness sign the card as well. So you get, you know, um, <laughs> Lamello Ball signature on the front and then Darrington Hobson from Ernst Young on the back. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, Hobson, the Hobson Hive. The weird part of it, like, I get the MB, right? I get he could go by Mellow Ball, but he doesn't. <laughs> so I get he could go by Mellow Ball, but he doesn't. And also, like, it's it's kind of similar to some of his signatures in the past, but also kind of not. Like, yeah. his signature is, like, I looked at Heatsome, they're not very consistent in the past. So, like, sometimes it looks like the MB could be his, other times it doesn't. But it's definitely a better conspiracy. Like, I, I like the Luca and Lulu one that his mum was signing. He's with Lulu. That, that makes more sense to me than 
an NBA player signing another but, NBA player. But to say, I'm to say, this one it feels nuts. It would feel more like did he just steal Miles Bridges' autograph? Is that it? Like, surely <laughs> well, they're not got the, a PDF file. I, I guess the bigger conspiracy would be that like Panini asked Miles Bridges to sign them. Oh, I like that because they couldn't get the negotiations done. They so. couldn't get into because apparently there were worries about is Lamelo going to sign anything or is he just going to ghost us? I think that was sort of a question mark there for a little bit whilst he was a redemption and it caused a bit of yeah. uh, loss of confidence in people holding redemptions to just cash them out because they weren't sure whether those were going to be honoured. Yeah, but then like just one like people were talking about that like two days before they were signed. People were talking about that like they yeah. were negotiating. All of a sudden, they were all signed. It was weird. I don't oh, want to no. be like a, a sorry. No, I'll let you. I'll let you come oh. in first. Yes, because I'm going to get serious discussion. No, because on the uh, Luca, it's very possible he did, did just didn't know how to sign his name in English because uh, um <laughs> you know, he might have been writing it in like that uh, like Cyrillic script instead, like the alternative alphabet. Yeah, but it's Maybe. also yeah like. I don't like honestly. If it's his mum, it's close enough. <laughs> I, don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a, a Lulu order is going to be worth ten cents. Yeah, exactly. Even if his mum, even if I got like his mother's signed card, probably you probably sell that for a hundred bucks. Yeah, mom. like there's, there's one in there that like she's forgotten. It's like five a.m. She's been like sitting there with a pile of thousands, and there's like Marianne Doncic slips through. <laughs> but yeah, not it's, to it's be a one on one, baby. Yeah. Not to be like a damp blanket on it, but I did hear from someone. I'm not sure how true it is, but yeah. supposedly Panini show some of the athletes like sample signatures, and some of them just copy that and, and like adopt that as their signature. And that may explain why there are similar signatures like that. Also, Cole Anthony and Kobe White yeah. have like the same auto as well. Yeah, I know that one's weird because obviously, yeah, different letters again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm all I'm all in for a good conspiracy. Like Kate Cunningham's got a lovely signature now, but yeah, we, he's going to get to look like, really nice. It's going it's yeah, yeah, to look like CCs at some point. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So you got to get one early. You know, you got to buy your national treasures box this year, Ben. And then, <laughs> yeah, but then like, so I've got a, um, and it's funny because he's in the NBL now. But I, like when I first got into the hobby, I got like a box, and I got a Peyton Seaver, like really nice autograph on it. Um, but he's probably like signed five cards his whole career because <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> so they, they are all mint autographs. Yeah. So if you want a quality penmanship, like a guy who's definitely kept his pen license up to date, those late second rounders, that's where that's where you want to hunt. Yeah, they look and like I don't knock the small signatures, but they look so terrible on some of those cards where like they've left like the whole big space for the guys to write giant and they just write ca. Like yeah. There's a couple of the NFL sets, and it's not much the same in NBA, but there's, like, Panini elements. They get the players. I don't know how they do it, but like the players sign this huge piece, and then it gets put into the card later. Like, yeah. So it's an on-card auto, but it gets put in. And it's like the, the, the signing space is the size of the card. And some of the players still sign the whole thing in, like, gold pen. looks amazing. Some of the guys just sign, like, the bottom left corner. And it's like, this is an on-card auto in a frame, and you signed the corner of the frame you fuck with. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's nothing else in this. It's just your auto. <laughs> yeah, all the guys. Yeah, they just like miss the auto box entirely, and they're just like on the photo. Those are the worst. I love. Uh, I think I brought this up before that on a. I think it was a Spectra RPA. Darius Baisley signed the bit of memorabilia rather than the space. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, so if we're doing final, we're doing stonk tips, are we? Things we're stonking. Well, things we're looking at. Well, I'll, I'll think we're going well. Oh, Ben, Ben, please tell us. Uh, Kate Cunningham. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those will be pretty sort of sort of after. I assume he signed with Panini. Yeah, he's going to sign with Leaf. <laughs> the best stonk is still, no matter what, it's like if you get re- like the product at retail price, it's still the best thing. I'm not giving you any tips because I don't want anyone taking any prison packs <laughs> in the future. That's the best thing forever. I know, as we said, the resale of hoops and Donruss have been tough, but if you got them at like the Kmart price, you still make money easily. I, I bought some regrettable, like the worst product, the retail product, of all time is plenty contenders in either sport. And I bought some of those regrettably out of like just desperation at $12. <laughs> and even those I like, sold for like 20 bucks a pack. Just the feeling of something in your hand. Yeah, they're terrible. But like for me, like I do believe, like, I do believe in Darius Garland getting, being a stonker. I believe in that guy. Uh, the other ones I'm doing, like, again, I mentioned NFL, but I'm really, I've, I've bought a lot of Michael Thomas, who I don't like. But, <laughs> PSA 9 Optic, rookies of his, I've been getting those uh, for 10 to 15 American dollars, like US dollars. And like, again, 10 to 15 bucks is nothing for a dude who on his day can be the best. People see him as the best wide receiver in the NFL, but it's gone. He was injured last year, got injured this preseason. That's just it. And he'll, he'll come back. So I'm waiting until he comes back and I'll sell those. Those, that's one. Another one I've been getting really into. Brisky one. But the Sean Watson's cards yeah. <laughs> cost oh, nothing. Look, yeah. it doesn't matter what he. I'm not buying the person. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> one person. But like, even if even if he goes to prison, the NFL will let him back. Let's be real. He will come back one day. And if I can get a guy who, at one point, his cards were worth more than Mahomes' cards, he was seen as a guy of that draft class. But he he is a good on the field. He's a good quarterback. I can get his, which I am getting. I've got like silver optic rated rookies of his, uh, silver, all the prism cards that year are silver, but I've got all those under like 20 bucks a piece. Like, if I lose 20 bucks, that's fine. But those cards last year are multi hundred dollar cards. You know, and it doesn't look like anything, maybe it happens, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly fully up on the criminal aspect of what he's doing, but what we do know is American athletes don't get punished very often. <laughs> <laughs> just don't like there's been like they just don't so that's what, no controversial one that's one another two I mentioned I mentioned those guys earlier already but uh, Lamar Jackson has got piss cheap it's offensive I'm not his biggest fan but like the fact he's again I'm, I'm, I'm almost exclusively an optic you I just, feel like, guilty like, buying them I don't feel guilty buying but again I, like once I noticed his prices like a month ago and again I was like oh I can get PSA 9 Lamar Jackson Raider rookie cards for $40. Okay, I'll buy those then. So I decided buying them and Kyle Amari as well, who um, both those guys, exciting when they play, have fan bases and were worth heaps more, but they just had kind of, like, Kyle got injured and Lamar didn't live up. They had disappointing seasons. But I feel like those guys are guys you can sell in, like, from this year. Like, you can sell them, like, in, like, six weeks. They have, like, two or three good games and you can make your money back easy. Um, any other dudes? In, in an NBA, I'll just mention... Surely, this. uh, Jason Huntley. Jason Huntley, no. <laughs> I don't know if you've, 
No, I do hope for NFL, especially quarterback. I'd love to see it get into more other positions a bit more. Like, the best receivers are still worth something, but, like, no one else's card's worth shit. The Um, long snapper. The long snapper, no. (laughs) Well, the Lions released on Muleback, so the long snapper is now dead, as far as I'm concerned. Can the long snapper even get... Surely not. The long no, snapper not in the card. <laughs> 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 but you just know, he would have some fine penmanship on his autographs. Does he get a panini... Not even a panini instant. <laughs> Maybe, I don't think so, but... Yeah, buying into the <laughs> NFL product as well, because nobody does it here. Like, well, put, everyone's put it else NBA. NFL's yeah, put good. Put Long snapper isn't even a position on Madden, so they're not even... They're not gonna yeah, get they're, out. Like, yeah, they don't even have the photo. They're all tight ends or something <laughs> stupid. They're like 45-rated yeah. tight ends. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah, the um, the the ones the guys from this year's class I was holding like don't think any of these guys are great but it's as Tim said earlier it's not about like if the cards like worth heaps it's like if I can buy a card for one dollar and sell it for five or ten those are what keep you running yep. um, mine have been like yeah Pokusevsky who at one point had hype and that's just dead for some reason really cheap Pokusevsky uh, a Kongwu I, I've been getting into a lot a tiny bit of um who have I got. God, I've lost my mind here. But I've got Kongwu as well. Uh, I bought a bit of Quickly for some reason. I have Beast Stew by accident. I have so much Beast Stew, Sabin Lee, and Sadiq Bay. <laughs> they kick kind of my packs. But yeah, not that much of this year's class. Like, they aren't cheap. They're all cheap, but like, I don't want to buy all of them. Yeah, I think I, like you said at the beginning, the retail is probably the best. Like, if you can get, and everybody knows that, if you can get it at retail. Yeah. You can't lose. If you open it, you will find cards worth more than what you paid, most likely. And then if you sell, you will earn two, three, four, five times like the amount. But yeah, as you said, like my big thing is if you're looking to prospect on particularly like NBA players, you're looking for the bottom value because it's so much easier for a card to go from one to five dollars off the back of one game, two games, three games scoring twenty than Buying someone like I don't know, throwing in the air, but like a like a Tyler Hero rookie card at ten dollars for a prism, and hoping that he becomes the next five time All Star and whatever, and hoping for the jump in price from that because it's just it just seems so unrealistic. Whereas if you're playing the smaller um, the smaller percentages uh, and just hoping that that guys like like I said before, looking at guys like Jalen Noel, mm. Vernon Carey Jr., both McDaniel's. Um, and again, you know, at the end, like most of these guys probably aren't going to pan out. Like a lot of this will depend on getting minutes and the opportunity for minutes, which year over year is even harder as more rookies come in trying to take their places. And sometimes it just doesn't work out for guys in the NBA like that. And then you probably only, in terms of rookie cards, you've only got two, maybe three years to make it happen. It's, it's very rare for guys to leave the league, come back. And then have their rookie cards explode. Um, so yeah, just mostly looking at, like I said, big fan of Jalen Noel. If, if everybody could start buying Jalen Noel, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, give me all your Vernon Carey Jr. Obviously Darius Garland. He's probably he's the one that I'm care for nothing. Yeah, I, Darius Garland is like the only one of those guys that I feel like could actually be like the All Star, multiple All Star, like that. All the others are. Such longer stretches of the bow that it's like it's mostly about finding the cards worth nothing that may be worth a little bit after a couple of good games. Yeah. 
But those are the ones like I, you know, it's how I started and how I still go. Like I do lots of my buying and selling in slabs and in product, but those are the ones that keep you running. Like you know, and eBay you can't sell slabs and product on eBay every week, yeah. but you can sell a card you bought for one dollar for five dollars every week, pretty much. Keep churning that over. And yeah, like another one, I actually bought heaps of Killian Hayes. That's the piston I bought heaps of as well because he was injured yeah. last year. Good prospect. Like just whatever he's going to play. The Cade being there means there's going to be attention on the Pistons now. Do you gonna, how many national TV games do they have? One. So no, there's not one. Oh wow. Yeah, they, who's, yeah. who's that again? I don't know. <laughs> but there will be attention in the hobby though. There will be. It's probably oh, against yeah, like the, probably like yeah. the yeah. Timberwolves or like the the Sunday. So it's not even like proper ESPN. It's like the team ESPN. That's shocking. Like, that no, I think there's one. like one proper, and they're like maybe like three or four like NBA TV. I know, no, it's not a lot. Well, they, they don't really count the NBA TV ones, but like, yeah, yeah that is like, interesting. And like, another guy I really like, I really like Tyrese Halliburton, for example, but I'm just not buying his cards because like history, the none of the Kings players stonk, and maybe becomes an all star, maybe not, but like the path to his cards going from like being worth decentish now to being worth heaps is a long path, yeah. like. You can get Darren Fox rookies for nothing, and I think I think Halliburton is a chance to be better than Fox, in my opinion. But still, it's like, why would I buy one Halliburton Prism card for like fifteen or twenty dollars when I can get fifteen of the guys we mentioned? Yeah, exactly. I think. Also, I forgot. I would echo Akongwu. He was really good uh, in his conference finals. Yeah. Maybe a bit of maybe a bit of Bam trajectory. Maybe. Yeah. Um, right. Also, Poku. Oh, my last one, a Precious Achua, I bought heats of, and he got traded, and all I need is like one good game, I'm hoping, at the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I looked up the, uh, so the Pistons have four NBA TV games and one um, ESPN game, and that ESPN game is November 10 at Houston, so it'll be Kate Ooh, versus Jalen Green. Spicy. Oh, another it's a shame, it's shame it isn't in Detroit. Yeah. Um, Carlton oh, no, Town's really cheap right now, by, by the way, as well. Yeah. Really cheap. I find he's he's weird, but yeah, sort of like in the the guys that we spoke about earlier in that sort of like yeah, it's no man's land of the hobby. Yeah, which is really hard to escape from. But he's one I'd rather bet on than betting yeah. on the guys who are like thirty something. You know, yeah. the ones been forever. Like he he would be one like you've spoken about the effect of trades. If Cat got traded, that would be big for the for his hobby. I feel. Yeah. So I picked Especially, up a lot of his stuff yeah. just for nothing. And a ballsier person than me, but I have only so many I can invest in. I actually think Ben Simmons is a buy now. Even though I'm off him, I can't stand him. <laughs> but he will get traded. And people yeah. will wish cast what happens after that trade, and you will be able to make money that day. But I want to put my money in things, players I like and things I enjoy, and that's not Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably, he's, when he gets traded, he's going to play well somewhere. Like People are going to remember that he's like it's still you know, all-star talent. Yes, so um, and that, that, that it's not as cheap to buy his cards here still, but yeah. he's really far down to, to what he was started last year and what he will be in a number of months. That's yeah, it's pretty crazy that people are starting to value the title probably more than the Simmons rookies, just given the the way that the Olympics unfolded. Yeah, I'd also add just on a different sport, I I really believe in F one cards, like. Uh, there is basically none of this product. There's like three products, especially 2020 Tops Chrome, which is essentially like a first-year select or prism in terms of like NBA. But it's such a limited 
market for such a global sport of which is becoming more popular in America. I really believe it's even in just base cards becoming like um, moving forward. I've certainly looked to try and get sets of that. Yeah. I mean, the first year, as you said, bases mean everything, but first year, if they set catches on. Yep. So, I mean, even for even random one, like an iconic set, as you mentioned there, like 2008 Topps Chrome. The, yep. I don't know, that's iconic in basketball. And you can sell base cards of that, like shit ones for heaps. I I bought heaps of that off Com C like a year ago. And that's just because it's got like a LeBron chalk toss card in it. It's, I think got a Kobe LeBron card in it. Yeah. That base set, but that makes every other card worth heaps. And you know, I bought like Tim Duncan cards for like forty-five cents. And I sold for twenty-five dollars here, and that's all you need. If that F one set you mentioned becomes iconic, it doesn't matter if they're base. All of them be worth something. Yeah, well, I think to me as well, the fact that gone from absolutely no cards for years, like they're basically, and even then, they're very sporadic sets, which are very local. There was like a Canadian set that had a Michael Schumacher rookie and then like an Australian set that had like one Hamilton card that's not really considered the rookie. This was the first set and it happens to be like a chrome prism for every driver. And you've got Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, but even legends like Raikkonen and Vettel. Next yeah. year you're going to get an Alonso card. I think it's probably like if the F1 hobby does uh, happen to sort of boom as similar sports like soccer has and Europe t- sort of takes to trading cards more than traditional like Panini sticker cards, and sticker books, sorry. I think, yeah, it may end up being an iconic set that's well sought after. Yeah, but you're looking at, and that, I guess it's more comparable to the 86 Fleer set at that point then. Like, it's not yeah. Lewis Hamilton's rookie card, but it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't Jordan's rookie card, but it was. It's, it's yeah. the first card. And, like, uh, I think it's a good comparison because, like, there's Messi and Ronaldo cards that went nuts were their first World Cup cards. Yeah. Because there was no cards before that, there's no rookie cards in that sport. So yeah, you could definitely be looking at a place where Lewis Hamilton cards go nuts. And like you showed me months ago that the Tops Now, which if you guys don't know what Tops Now is, essentially it's on their website running all the time. They print cards, you know, now, but it's infinite print run. You could go there and buy a thousand of whatever card, but once it's gone, it's that's it. It's printed. Um, Tim showed me Tops Now. What is it? Schumacher from last year or Hamilton that are worth? Well, yeah, Mick, Mick Schumacher has the rookies, and yeah. then last year, the set before 2020, so it's like the first Hamilton card. That's considered like the rookie. Yeah. And that card is worth – a card that was worth – you could buy it for $7, unlimited, yeah. any and any amount you want. It was got to over like $1,000 in a PSA 9. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So that, yeah. So F1, I actually have some F1 cards just because of Tim's suggestion that is sitting in a box here. <laughs> See what happens. But that's part of the that's part of the hobby. Sometimes like you don't even realize like you'll just go back and look at a card you've got and go, oh holy shit, what what happened? This thing's worth a hundred dollars and it was worth nothing when I bought it. But yeah, yeah. That's probably a good stonk to end it on. Yeah. But yeah, buy product off me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Mitch Sanders one ninety on Twitter. Surprisingly, most of my Don Russ is gone. But if you want NFL product, I'm your guy. And so you're gonna have by... to take more than it's worth. But <laughs> <laughs> so you're advertising your products by giving your Twitter handle out. That's an interesting strategy. No, no, they DM me. No, no, I don't want the eBay fees. <laughs> 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 Add them on Facebook. I'll cut you ten percent off the, the eBay fee. <laughs> <And I'll> get... <laughs> <laughs> NFL, what I got here? NFL Select. 
I got, I don't know, I got Prism, I got Donra, I got everything. <laughs> uh, where can they DM you for your market, Tim? They can DM me at Tim uh, Ray on Twitter. Um, you can also find me at Beyond the Fence. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Pushes one article, uh, one article and thinks he's hot shit now. <laughs> you can actually uh, find me at dingaroos.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I forgot the uh, the the, the, the patented <laughs> owner of Dingaroos. <laughs> People laugh. Yeah. It was yeah, worth. I mean, lose to say I own that website. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I, well, I tried to buy Dingaroos.com.au, but the .au is like an extra fee, and it's rubbish. So okay, okay, random thing. I know we're finishing up, but just now, just talk about what the lockdown's doing to card market here. I know we talked about base cards and garbage, or whatever. I just looked at my phone. I've had a million bids, but I just a Patrick Williams emergent silver parallel, thirty dollars fifty cents. What the hell? People just bought that's, that. Well, but that's because people are chasing parallels now. Like his base card of that would go for. You might not even get it sold for ninety nine cents. But yeah, that's uh, people. Uh, lockdown helps. So if you got any shit, if also if you've got any cards, put them on eBay. Everything. That's that's <laughs> got to be a shill bid. Well, well, it was Ben <laughs> when we mentioned Silverbidding. Like, yeah, he just bit up everything. <laughs> going off. And eBay stopped yeah. notifying you at some point, so the last bit I could see was 18. Couldn't hear my mouse tapping a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anytime someone buys, like, people buy a card for overs like that, you're always scared till they pay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll stop talking. Yes. Now. <laughs> no, I'm just going to... I mean, yeah, you can follow me at... Ben Esquire, but I'm not going to sell any cards for you, so... But he will um, buy all your Detroit cards, Lions... I will buy, I will buy all your Pistons and Lions. And look, if you've got some nice-looking Tigers or Red Wings, I'll probably buy those too. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, beyond T-Fence, we've added a new author today, uh, Tim, because he... <laughs> you know, he's cr- criticising one of our heroes, Daniel Ricciardo. It's actually quite disgusting. Um... <laughs> Yeah, like all, all that good stuff. You can find the, the show on Spotify, Apple. St- Does anyone use Stitcher? I don't know. It's there. If you if you use Stitcher, you can go find it there. But yeah, uh, Google, all that good shit. Uh, yeah, leave a, a rating, all that stuff, and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs>